Pioneer Evergreens manifested fertility and plentitude, but they did not, in the long run, exemplify another environmental quality attributed to California—longevity. The towering rows of aromatic gums have receded from farms and highways. Riverside's solid gold orange groves have tarnished. L.A.'s celebrity sidewalk palms have begun their exit from the stage. Consider, too, the Santa Clara Valley, the erstwhile Garden of the World. Once renowned for apricots, cherries, and an endless supply of prunes, the area around San Jose is now universally known as Silicon Valley, home of Apple. In the biblical sense, Trees in Paradise narrates creation and expulsion. It lays out multiple long-term failures of the U.S. horticultural movement. Recall how eucalypts went from being symbols of conservation, health, and domesticity to symbols of folly, hazard, and invasion. Or how citrus growers abandoned the ideal of diversified plots in favor of monocultural plantations. Or how palms, despite being championed by middle-class home gardeners and urban foresters, primarily became instruments of property developers and tourism promoters. A few critics were always cynical about the Golden State's floral exuberance. In 1905, Henry James, an inveterate Atlanticist, made a report to his sister from San Diego. "'California has completely bowled me over,' he wrote. Such a delicious difference from the rest of the U.S. do I find in it. I speak, of course, all of nature and climate, fruits and flowers, for there is absolutely nothing else, and the sense of the shining social and human inane is utter. I live on oranges and olives, fresh from the tree, and I lie awake nights to listen, on purpose, to the languid list of the Pacific. By the Depression era, the fruitful landscape no longer appeared so placid. In The Grapes of Wrath, John Steinbeck described the little golden oranges on the dark green trees, and guards with shotguns patrolling the lines so a man might not pick an orange for a thin child. Oranges to be dumped if the price was low. Over time, more and more people came around to Joan Didion's view, expressed in Slouching Towards Bethlehem, 1968 that citrus foliage is too lush, unsettlingly glossy, the greenery of nightmare. The fallen eucalyptus bark is too dusty, a place for snakes to breed. Didion wrote as a native daughter, but her pessimism was positively un-Californian. True believers always anticipate that the California dream will survive, revive, adapt. Who knows, it may even outlast the forest landscapes that inspired it and the horticultural landscapes it inspired. Ideologies adapt to disturbance better than most plants, 